Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, Ryan Nissen said something that may or may not have us concerned. And you know what? We may be concerned, but what does Dr. Rush say about what Ryan Nielsen says about attacking? And last but not least, and for the culture, do we really need remakes? We're talking about all that right now on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. First, I want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate you for that. We are trying to stay 100% on five-star reviews. No negativity right here on ATL Day Ones. Today's episode <laughs> of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started but t we're getting started with ryan nielsen he has an introductory press conference for the atlanta falcons on yesterday out at flowery branch and t i think i heard attack like a thousand times (laughs) and then (laughs) and then you know i heard the word multiple like those were the buzzwords for the day but when you think about that multiple piece right you know there's there's a thing that that comes to mind, like when you talk about like mindset versus going into the draft, like you were having to looking at a specific type of player and they were looking at a specific type of player last year mm-hmm. with a three, four in mind, yes. but they're looking at a players for a multiple defense mm. in mind. Like, so what does that look like? Are you concerned that there may be uh, the message may get, misconstrued as to what they're looking for go ahead into the draft no i don't think so and the only reason i say that is because i feel like he and i'm gonna go to terry fontenot as well they have a history of getting guys who have the ability to kind of flex and the ability to move around and i think so when you look at some of the success stories that they've had just kind of as a whole You look at what they were able to do with Cam Jordan and David Onyemata. I'll use those two as the example because that's who most people are using as the example. If you can help those guys evolve their game, I don't see why you can't help others to evolve their game as well. Now, that assumes certain things, right, Jarvis? Number one, that assumes that Grady Jarrett can be the Grady Jarrett that we think he is, which is the guy that has had to flex. He's had to work in both systems, right? And Mm -hmm. so he has at least been serviceable, if not good to great in both of those systems. I also think about a guy who you and I really, really love his game, and I'm hoping that he has the ability to kind of be flexible as well, and that would be an Arnold Evocati, because Mm -hmm. if you, I feel like, and you know better than most, because you play the game and you were right there in the trenches, certain guys have the ability and the skill set to be able to do both, whether that's a stand-up or whether that's hand in the dirt. I feel like there are two things. Number one, they've seen those guys in their time together, And number two, because they've seen it and they've seen it be effective, I think they can go out and kind of see guys in the draft that have the ability to do both. But nine times out of 10, you're kind of playing a nickel most of the time anyway. So I think that's probably the most critical piece, like just being able to, you know, get the guys that are going to fit whatever scheme evolves from uh, the nickel. And I think sometimes the Saints even play dime. But anyway, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's where my thought goes as far as their ability and me not being concerned about uh, 
going from, you know, a three, four to a four, three and having the players to do it. Other thing is Jarvis, this, when you and I kind of dig into the commentary, uh, the sound, if you will, from what Nielsen had to say, sounds like he's saying, Hey, I'm going to work with what I have, but with the understanding that we'll go out and get whoever fits the philosophy and the strategy that we're putting in place. I like it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm with you on that because when you think about what this team needs and, mm -hmm. and from what I'm and Cam Jordan and a couple of other players, uh, former, um, uh, not former, Saints players, they talk mm -hmm. about how he has an aggressive style. Yes. He has a, he's a guy who can kind of get into you a little bit. And we haven't seen that since, what, uh, Brian Cox? You know what really? I'm saying? So, <laughs> right. You know, like he ran Vic Beasley off. So, you know right. what I mean? So, <laughs> so we haven't seen that in quite some time. So I think, you know, when you, you, you talk about going from opposite ends of the spectrum, right, like, you know, Coach Gary Emanuel may have been a little bit reserved when you, in my interactions with him. But mm -hmm. so you bring in a guy that has a little bit more to him like and, yes. I, and i don't i don't mind that because no. nielsen is a guy who has a lot of respect mm -hmm. around um especially specifically on the college level and in the nfl mm -hmm. as well ever since he came in at two, 2017 mm -hmm. saints one of the better teams sec at second the quarterback yeah. hey that's a, now my only thing is how much is he going to be able to be able to have that be mm -hmm. hands-on and be have those relationships like you talked about with Cam Jordan, how mm -hmm. that relationship, you know, it was it wasn't all peaches and cream, but right. the respect level is there. And yes. that's what all I care about because that's what a lot of people get misconstrued about coach, player, locker room, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't have to like everybody, but you yeah. dang sure better have that yeah. respect though. If yeah. you don't have that respect, that's when you have an issue. And I think that when Cam Jordan, the way he speaks about Nielsen, he has that, that necessary respect mm -hmm. that you look for or you want to hear former players talk about with coaches. But when you're trying to figure out, like, okay, well, who is this guy? What is he mm -hmm. about? You're like, when you hear guys who have respect, potential Hall of Fame guys, right. for uh, said coach, I think I think the Falcons may have made the right decision. So my concern yes. level as far as the multiple, three, four, four, three, mm -hmm. like, who can get to the quarterback when it's third and long? Right. I don't give a damn. Don't give a damn for the people in the back, Jarvis. <laughs> like third and long, who getting home? That's all. That's gonna be our motto. Oh, I like it. Third, third and long, long, who getting on? Home. Yeah. Who getting home? Right here on ATL Day was. But uh, let's talk a little bit of Atlanta Hawks, T, because they get ready to take on the uh, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans tonight. And I think that when you look at how this team has been playing and, mm -hmm. and you you think about what it is they need to do and be able to order to get a win i kind of my, I, my, I found myself digging mm -hmm. into stats i did my little research right mm -hmm. so and this is your guy too <laughs> you know when deandre hunter plays well specifically <laughs> when he shoots from three the hawks yeah. win t they win win. they win win like when, the, when they went on the five games winning streak Mm -hmm. I was looking at the numbers. The dude was like shooting like 45 to 50% yeah. from 3T. Like yeah. the man was lights out with it. And when you think about DeAndre Hunter and what he brings to the table, mm -hmm. like you kind of get understand why Travis May paid him that $90 million. Yeah. And you look at it from that standpoint, like, okay, when this dude specifically, mm -hmm. now John Collins can go off and the Hawks can lose. But right. when this dude DeAndre Hunter is is shooting well. Yeah. Not, he doesn't have to shoot fifty percent from three because that's 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 a, that's really really good. But mm -hmm. if he's shooting well from the three point line, mm -hmm. and you add that on top of what Trey and Dejounte are bringing to the table, and Clint Capella right. and JC just giving doing what 
JC needs what to do. do. Mm-hmm. It is, this is a hard team to beat, T. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that's going to be great because uh, Trey Murphy the third. that's the Pell who's at the small forward. At least that's their, their starting uh, small forward. So when right. you look at a guy like, like him, and his numbers are actually kind of in that same space as Dre, but what I like is what you just said. Dre's three-point game is ahead of where Trey Murphy, the third three-point game is, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a difference because, hey, number one, that means you're able to outscore the very guy (laughs) that you're going to be defending. But I think also it gives you some space to be because you you think about the fact that we all, we love to say that Dre is quite honestly, other than DJ, of course, I'm taking him out of this for a second, but Mm -hmm. uh, Dre is your other, like, two-way player who really really impacts the game and it doesn't actually have to be a double double type impact no he's the guy who as long as he disrupts on the wing the hawks that's another reason they win because like you said when he is hitting on the wing and when he's disrupting on the wing they are in very very good company so yeah i agree with you i think that he could be the biggest factor of the the night but can i just co-sign slightly because when you don't have a Zion Williamson who's still out dealing with that groin injury, that yeah. should be to your favor as well. Like you've got to yes. take advantage of the fact that you don't have to worry about him. So that's one less big that you have to worry about. And Jonas Valanciunas, he's listed as probable for tonight along with Brandon Ingram, but mm-hmm. there is still some soreness that he's dealing with. Right. So that's to me, that's, that says this time to eat John Collins slash Clint Capella because you guys don't have a lot to bang with in the middle. No disrespect, Herb Jones, no disrespect. But if Jonas Valanciunas is a little bit hobbled and Herb Jones is who you have to contend with, I expect this backcourt to have, I'm sorry, I expect this front court to go ahead and feast. Backcourt's not a problem. Backcourt's been feasting quite fine, but this front court, go ahead and step up. And more than anything, Jarvis, that means four give five the support that he needs absolutely and, and when you think about you know i'm i'm not i've never been a guy where i feel like you have to run plays for jc and, right. and capella i mean capella not so much but they can get those they they can get the garbage points and take advantage of the, the mismatches that you just spoke of mm-hmm. you know those guys mm-hmm. not being in the lineup right. i do expect for you to go ahead and, and take the initiative to say hey give me the rock and let me mm-hmm. go to work and i think that those both of those guys are capable of doing that Oh, yeah. when they have those opportunities and when when those those mismatches come about so i i'm definitely going we're definitely going to keep an eye on that as the hawks tip off at 7 30 dejounte murray has a migraine so he's yeah. questionable for tonight so we'll mm-hmm. definitely keep an eye on that and um but i think you know the hawks should be in good shape to come out on the road with a three and two three and two out of five t on the road yeah. as much as this team struggled early on yeah, I, I think the Falcons will be just fouls. The Hawks, excuse me, will be just fine. So you'll be just fine if you dog on mess around and go and mess with FanDuel because guess what? <laughs> they are the number one sports book in America. How about that? Why would you want to mess with the number one sports book in America? Because guess what? The Super Bowl is right here and they are our new number one sports book. And they are our, our sports betting partners. So, yeah, we're partners. We're great. They're great. So you need to mess with them if you want to be great and win some money. Here we go. For all the new customers, right, all you need to do is download the app, and you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if you bet doesn't 
win. If your first bet doesn't win, that's key right there. If your first bet doesn't win. So yeah, go. no reason not to go there. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. That's what it's all about. I want my money right now. That's what I'm trying to do. So guess what? Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So the Falcons introduced their new defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, yesterday, and he had some interesting things to say, but Jarvis and I aren't going to be the only ones that give reaction to it. Why would we when we can get reactions from Dr. Rush himself? So we have the man, the myth, the legend, and a guy that was definitely disruptive during his days with the Atlanta Falcons. Mr. Chuck Smith, what's happening today? I'm doing good. How are you, Tanitra? How are you, Jarvis? Doing good, man. Yeah. Thanks for just rocking with us today, man. Really appreciate you. Of course, man. Yes. You're my people, man. I've been rolling with y'all for a long time. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, it's so interesting to us because everybody about a week and a half ago or so, Chuck, everybody was pontificating on who the Falcons were going to go with. Oh, they're going to go with this person because they were on the same type of base defense. or they're going to go with this person because he or he has relationships prior with Arthur Smith. And then we all got shocked. And Ryan Nielsen was the guy that they chose. But then we had a conversation with one of our colleagues out of New Orleans. He made some good points about guys that Nielsen has coached up. Cam Jordan, David Onyemata, and then back in their earlier days, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas. So first question for you is, do you feel like he can maybe get that next level of production from some of the guys at some of these critical positions for the Falcons? Some of the young bucks like a Taquan Graham and Arnold Evercade, Jalen Hawkins, Richie Grant, what are your thoughts on what Nielsen can do? Well, I think part of the hire, that has to be a big part of it, development, because I've talked about that for quite some time. And what you see is a lack of development when it comes to the guys in the front seven, things mm -hmm. like playing with your pads down, being able to strike with your palms, having development strength in your hands, then playing basic blocks, reach blocks on the run, double teams, and even talking about, talked about the pass rush. Because as much as we, Tanisha, we talk about the head coach, Mm -hmm. it's going to come down to a coordinator that empowers and bring and has a defensive line coach that teaches that because that's where that's going to come from. So mm -hmm. I like a lot of what he said about the, I think he said somewhere sort of where the culture, somebody asked him, you know, about the culture. He said, we're starting from scratch. Basically, mm -hmm. you know, we're starting new. And to me, that's the big part. It's the development. And you think about Trey Hendrickson, who was there. You think of, you talked about Anya Mata, mm -hmm. some of those guys, it's just vital he comes in the culture has to start with the development but with development you got to have coaches mm -hmm. that are current that understands the climate especially with pass rush oh, the yeah. moves have evolved so the coaches have to evolve and i hope the coach brings that kind of culture and it starts with development first i, I think one of the i think I, I think you make a great point joke when you think about like, you know, I know a lot of people have been real big on the formations, right? 4-3 versus 3-4. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think that – and I'm kind of with Coach on Smith and Nielsen on the fact that it really doesn't matter being that you're in nickel, what, about 60-some percent of the time anyway. Mm -hmm. But I do think that when you think about, um, like Tanisha mentioned, on Abbey right? I think he's, he was a guy that they looked at as a 3-4 outside linebacker, right? But – how, talk about that development if you're trying to ask this dude to be put his hand in the dirt for three downs. Like, isn't that a difference yeah. between from from, uh, from a coaching standpoint? 
Well, I think when you look at Arnold and you look at most of the guys that are playing outside backer at some point put their hand in the dirt. Right. And a lot of the guys that are standing up are were former defensive linemen at some point, a lot of them. But I definitely think I, I agree with what you're saying about what the coach said about we want to be multiple and things like that. But on third downs, you have to develop a four-man pass rush. You don't have, and, and when I say this, Jarvis, and I'm not talking about a four-man pass rush with an uh, outside linebacker that's truly not a true pass rush expert or specialist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think Arnold's going to have an issue with putting his hand down. He might stand up, you know, like Cam Jordan. Cam mm-hmm. Jordan is, is a defensive end that at one time played defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. So I, I do see you can still do it, but I like the fact that that what they're saying is they're going to be multiple, but they have to be able to have true components of a four-man rush. Mm-hmm. If you look at the teams that are winning, you look at the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, their primary are four-man rushers. Mm-hmm. If you look at the team, the, the best defense in the league was the San Francisco 49ers. They're a base four-man front. So to me, you don't have to go one way or the other, but it's too easy to teach a four-man rush. It's yep. too easy to put that out there. Now, we got to have the players, but I think mm-hmm. they got, like you said, Taquan Graham. He can play the three. He can get time yeah. on the shade next to Grady. You know, you, so from that standpoint, Arnold Ebicady, it's going to be vital that he's developed. But, you know, it's, it's his time. But, again, I, you know what, see, y'all, I hate when I have to go there because it sometimes takes time for guys to develop. Yep. You know, everybody to come in after the first year and get 10 sacks. Everybody's yep. not, you know what I mean? So I think even if Arnold came out this year and was average, there's still a development phase for him. So I don't, I put, we all put pressure on him because we know we need that. Mm-hmm. But there's still, there's such a development phase. But I think yeah. believing in him, but also him taking control of his own career and improving on some of the techniques that he didn't have last year. Mm. Yeah, and and I'm here. It's, there are some things that you said that I wanted to kind of pit stop at as well. So I'm going to kind of reset what I was going to ask. One of the things that, and also that I thought about with you, we hear this all the time, and this is something that Jarvis and I have said on this show as well. Number one, the Falcons need a dog. They got about one, maybe two <laughs> good dogs on the defense. Yeah, they yeah. need that guy. And honestly, Chuck, not since your days and maybe here and there, I can think of some other guys sprinkled in. Have we really seen those dogs that get after it? Like you said, you think about the Eagles and you think about the fact that from a passing perspective, you're not going to mess with them. But then on Chiefs, on the same token with them, you're not going to get a lot in the in the run game against them. I don't think anybody has feared the Falcons defense in a month of Sundays and Grady Jared needs help. My, my phrase yeah. has always been, send 97 help. So when you think about <laughs> those guys and we are approaching free agency as well as that draft that's creeping up so closely, and I know you have been evaluating players, you've been watching players at those respective bowls, or as I like to call them, the all-star games of college football. Who do you think is that guy or guys that you've seen that will finally give the Falcons what they need and give Grady some help? Well, you know, that that's a tough one because free agency is one of those things. This year, to yeah. me, it's not a, a great, great group of free agents. Mm. And I think the Falcons, from their standpoint, where they are in this, uh, I guess you they don't call it a rebuild, but I, I still call it a rebuild. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. It's a rebuild. Yeah, it's a rebuild. <laughs> it's a rebuild. To me, yeah, it, it continues to go through the draft. 
you got to use that pick that they got coming up to me for a defensive player. There are a lot of good mm-hmm. defensive players in this draft, in my opinion. Yeah. But but one of the things that's most important when you're talking about developing a dog, there's got to be a guy that, to me, is a verbal, vocal, aggressive leader. Yeah. got I, I, I know everybody wants to kind of, hey, I do it by example, but everybody on the team can't be that way. Right. There's yep. got to be a, to me, someone that's comes when, when they lose at the press conference, they're a little edgy, mm-hmm. you know, like a Cam Jordan, or as we've been seeing on the bullies of Baltimore, Ray Lewis oh, and a oh plethora of guys. <laughs> Everybody was a bully. <laughs> Everybody was a bully. Yes. Everybody was a bully. And when I played with the Falcons, we had a gang of guys that would verbally, you know, step out like that. Whereas Jesse Tuggle wasn't the person that was going to lash out on guys. But then you had a person like myself. Then you had people on that, you know, on like Ray Buchanan. You had mm, people like a Jamal yeah. Anderson yeah. that were verbally would, hey, challenge you and challenge themselves. And then you got to have someone do the dirty work. So part of what, what you see on our team and from my standpoint, and mm-hmm. a lot of people truly don't know what I was. They don't on the team. But you got to have someone that's willing to absolutely mix it up, mix it up with the other team, do the yes. things, take, hey, sometimes you take a shot here or there but also have an enforcer type. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that right now. And I just think that you got to draft that. You can't just make that. Yeah. But also yeah. I think it starts with, again, the culture of the defense. You yeah. got a defensive coach to say, hey, man, we bout it. Let's go take your shots. You know, try to keep it clean. But if you're close, take your shot. But to me, the Falcons are going through the draft. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it's going to have to be. I don't see a free yeah. agent out there that you're going to bring in here. And also – I, I just, unless the money, if they pay someone, guys, yeah, it's going to be astronomical. I don't see a top-end free agent coming here, in my opinion, because of the fact guys want to get to the Super Bowl and want to play yeah. at a high level. Yeah, and I have to co-sign on both all of those, th- those things that you said because we've been saying the same thing. we got a hashtag on this show like, all defense matters in the draft. Draft defense. That's all we say <laughs> yep, every yep. day without fail, Chuck. That's number one. And number two, you are absolutely right in that, yes, the Falcons do have the number two, essentially in the league, amount of cap space to work with. Yeah. But you still have yeah. to be smart about how you use that cap space. Yeah. And to your point, to get yourself a pass rusher, edge rusher, the draft might be your better way to go. Yes, I agree with you on that. And Chuck, and 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 I, and I'll co-sign on that as well because when you think about like going into games every weekend and week out with this team, it's like as soon as that opposing team punch them in the mouth, they never mm-hmm. ha- seem to have an answer. And he's like, okay, this mm-hmm. side's gonna go for the rest of the day, and it can't be like that on on every Sunday, especially when you're talking about establishing some type of culture. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, Ryan Nielsen can be that guy. Chuck, I got one more for you, man. Okay, um, now. Now, everybody, I know a lot of people have been clamoring for you to kind of get with a specific team to be a defensive line coach and get into that world in the NFL because you're so good at what you do. My question to you is, what made you go into the the, the clientele building of um, working with guys from whether it be guys going into the NFL, guys going into – and now, you know, going going from high school and going to that college level? Well, it started for me in around 1999 when I was a Falcon. In the off seasons, I would train because I was from this area. I'm from Athens, so mm-hmm. I always yep. so I know people in Commerce. I know people in College Park. I knew you know so my family, I knew people in Douglasville. I had friends, you know what I mean. So yeah, I had a lot of people that I would always in the off seasons I would work on pass rush and I would train young guys and even college kids. So. Mm-hmm. 
one time I was watching Inside the NFL. It was around 2000. Oh, I was watching Inside the NFL. I think it was Brian Gumble. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. it was on like HBO. I think yep. it was like uh-huh. HBO. Yep. So when I remember seeing there was there was a because I was already doing it and I was in Carolina, my career was coming to an end. Now. So I'm sitting on the couch. I'm on injured reserve. I had just had a knee surgery. So me and my wife are watching. And then I hear on there, Brian Gumble says, there's a new trend happening. There's a quarterback coach that's kind of changing the game a little bit. His name is Steve Clarkston and NFL players are flocking to him quarterbacks to work on his skills. So I was like, me and my wife was there. And the first thing she said was like, babe, you already doing that. You've been doing that. And then yep. right then I said to her. It's always talking, the wife, Chuck. It's always the yeah, wife. Yeah. Good idea. Shout out to you for listening, Chuck. <laughs> you know? yep. And at that time, and at that time for my whole life, I've always kind of been a pass rush aficionado. Even when I was in the seventh, eighth grade, it wasn't mm. normal back then to be talking about LT and Reggie, you know, because at the time they were big names, but the NFL didn't focus a lot on pass rushers. Mm-hmm. So my wife said that, I said to her, well, if the number one player in the game are quarterbacks when the number two has to be the pass rusher because we're the only person that can truly affect the game by getting sacks. Mm -hmm. So I subsequently get released by Carolina. I retire and I come back and I go full blast. You know, I start my company. The first company I had was Defensive Line University. Mm -hmm. That was the first one. So I was really the second skill trainer for pay you know, in the business. And I was the first guy to do what I do. And now it's pretty cool to see you got linebacker, you D-line, you, you got, you know, you got, got Willie Anderson, Willie work with the you got Willie. Yeah. yeah, you got yep. Willie, you got, you know, the route king, you got pass rush sensei, you know what I mean? You got trench oh, yeah. war, you know, so mm-hmm. then I went into business and I just started training and developing a system that has brought me now here to 2023, a system that I use, uh, vision, get off hands and hips, my four vital keys to developing the pass rusher. And that's how Jarvis has started. And it was something that I was always passionate about. And I wanted to one day make it a career, but I also wanted the, the craft to be uh, grow where it could become a career and pay, you know, carry, you know, uh, people can have a living and make a mm-hmm. living off of it. And mm-hmm. now, yeah. you know, it's a big time business and, you know, people, lots of trainers are out there having a lot of success. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I want to give you kudos on to just add to that, and I'm excited because hopefully uh, my nephew will get here this summer and be working with you is the impact that you've had from a mentoring perspective in the way that you handle these young men. A lot of them we've spoken with and they've said such positive things, not just about how you've impacted them on, on the field, but also just watching your movements and you, your impact of them off the field. Now, you just said two words. So that means Jarvis and I can't let you go until you answer this question about trench wars because we have heard a lot about Jalen Hurts and we have heard a lot about Patrick Mahomes oh, and yeah. the impact that they're going to have on the game. But let's just be real. It's going to be about who wins the war in the trenches. So That's who right. you got come Sunday and why? I like, listen, I like the Kansas City Chiefs. I, mm. I think Kansas City, I think they're hot right now, but I think yeah. the Eagles have the better D-line. Yes. But I I just feel like Patrick Mahomes is the great equalizer. I think uh, him and Travis Kelsey are phenomenal. But this is a tough one. But I've been running with Kansas City all year. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles won. But I really believe Chris Jones and Frank Clark and that defense and Patrick Mahomes 
are going to get it done, but yeah. it's going to be a close game. It really is. Yeah. I saw a graphic today that was crazy, Chuck. 16 and three, both teams. 546 it's points, crazy. both teams. It, yeah, I mean, literally, Pro Bowler six, both teams. This has been arguably one of the most evenly matched ones. So yeah. appreciate your time. Appreciate you giving us that Thanks, little guys. inside detail. And listen, anytime you want to hear some of this kind of commentary, of course, you got to stop by ATL Day Ones because we bring you guys like Chuck Smith. But you can also stop by ATL Day Ones and then Locked On Sports today because they're going to give you their instant reaction. They're going to give you every day. They might change the line on who they believe it is. Chiefs are going to win one day. <laughs> Eagles are going to win the next. So don't forget, you got to always stop here and check us out on YouTube or wherever you download your pod podcast. But you know where to go after that. It is Locked On Sports today. Jarvis and I are about to head to For the Culture and have some reaction to all the cray-cray that's going on in the world. They have their version of it as well. It's called Take of the Day. So don't forget to check out Locked On Sports today because I wouldn't be surprised if one of these good days, you see Dr. Rush right there. Locked On Sports Atlanta family, listen up. We are well on our way to 6,000 subscribers. If you are listening to this podcast or watching this podcast and you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, what? the hell are you waiting on get be one in the number choose ye today like nobody likes lukewarm either you're hot or you're cold baby go play around with it go and jump in this water full freight and hit that subscribe button when you go to our youtube channel it's locked on sports atlanta we'll pop right up hit that bell as soon as you hit that subscribe button as well now t this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. How about this, T? So, you know, people are running out of ideas on shows and stuff, and I think they don't want to admit it. And <laughs> when I came across this, I saw this trailer because my wife, the wife had brought it up to me and told me about it. I was like, what? Huh? So I went and watched the trailer, you know, and... You know, I think the guy Jack Harlow and then the, the brother who's played supposed to be Wesley Snipes. Notice I said who's supposed to be Wesley Snipes is the guy who played 50 Sun on um, on Power. So, you know, actor skills may, may or may not be up to par of where they need to be to play this role. But T, here we are. White man can't jump. It's going down on Hulu. First question. Are you watching? Man, I just canceled Hulu earlier today. Is that a good enough answer? <laughs> and that is the truth, good people. Well, I got the receipts for it and everything. <laughs> wow. Man, like, oh man. I don't I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know like where to start. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to start. Like, because that was uh, uh, the chemistry, the the the, the legendarynism of that, yes. that that tandem. Yes, yes. Woody Harrelson, yes. Wesley Snipes, that, Rosie Perez was in it too, right? Rosie Perez was yeah. amazing, like, absolutely yeah, amazing. Just, yeah, like, you can't remake this stuff, no. folks. Stop it. it. Like try stuff, try new stuff. Right. Try or this. or do what Will Smith did. It's such an excellent job yes. that he did on yes. reimagining Bel Air. Like yes, I can was. get with that, but you've got to be careful with those remakes. And I'm gonna take it back because I, you know I love to like go to um, was it TV Land and, and other like networks that show like all the old school uh, mm -hmm. sitcoms, right? Right, of course. So yeah. Night Court is one of those, and just that's just the most recent example to where people are like, 
if you're going to do night court and Marsha Warfield is still alive, you yes. might want to go get her because Please. this without Marsha Warfield is a hot mess. And then it, 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 and it just, it goes on and on. Like now I've seen uh, snippets of commercials and trailers for this new Magnum PI, you know, that's another iconic show. Um, and I'm like, you know, it's weird because Tom Selleck is still alive. He's he's um, one of my mom's, one of my and my grandmother's favorite shows, Blue Bloods. And I'm thinking, are you guys going to have like guest appearances like, with on, Tom man, like... Selleck? Or, I mean, are we going to see? So to me, Jarvis, that's what you would do. You would have yeah. to do something like bring in Wesley Snipes. Um, because although Shaft wasn't the greatest remake of a movie, it was a little bit more legitimized by having the original Shaft join yeah. uh, the current Shaft as his uncle, I think, right? I think Richard yeah, Roundtree exactly. plays Samuel easy, L. Jackson's right? uncle. It's an easy yeah. writing, yeah. So mm -hmm. it did, exactly. So it, may, it gave it some authenticity. I'm just wondering, can anybody give this movie authenticity? The only way is if we get some, you know, press leakings or whatever that say to us, yeah, Wesley and or Woody and or Rosie will be making it camp yet. Otherwise, Something. I'm just gonna keep my Hulu canceled like I did this morning. Yeah, you gotta have somebody to buy. I see you paying. I feel you paying homage to it. Like you gotta pay homage to it the right way, and by that's by having one or all of those people making some type of appearance, even if it's just a random appearance for for com comedic purposes. Yeah, somebody has to come up in there. But T, how about this? I, I gotta ask you this now. Now you told me there's a certain it's a certain type of day yes. being celebrated or something like that. What's going on with that? So today is National Fettuccine Alfredo Day, and if you guys don't already know, my favorite cuisine is that of Italian. So uh -huh. I am super duper excited about that because. My family came here last year and surprised me for my birthday. And nice. unbeknownst to me, they'd asked several of my friends here, like, what's Tanitra's favorite spot? And unequivocally, Scalini's, which is, you know, the now defunct Italian restaurant in uh, Smyrna. So, mm. you know, Jarvis, that was my default button. Like, anytime I want wow. an Italian, I don't do chains. Miss me with yeah. that. Okay. But I do do Italian. So once Scalini's closed, I was like, well, what am I going to do with myself? So I found out about a couple of other spots like at Palito's and La Grotta, but La Grotta in La Grotta, particular, yeah. I heard it was like so Tanitra because it is in the basement of some old building and you've got to go down a grimy elevator shaft yes. all to get to this. And all you yes. have to do is tell them what you want. There's no menu, if you will, and they'll just go Whoa. hook it up. Yeah, no real oh, menu. Wow. You just say, you tell them what go. you want. And yeah. So if you pass through and you tell them, hey, I want fettuccine Alfredo. And if you're like me, Jarvis, you like chicken, you like broccoli, you like peas in yours, you know, just Let's give go. it a little green flavor. It so reminded me of my days in Jersey. That's why I knew you would laugh because I was like, well, you know, I did live in mob country and there were certain Italian mm -hmm. restaurants I would have to call first and say, is this a good night to come? Some nights they say yes. <laughs> Some nights they say, Miss Batiste, uh, not tonight. I knew exactly yes. what that meant. So that mm. makes me feel like when I get to La Grotta, it's going to be like, I don't know. It's just giving me my Jersey feel, well, man, but I'm so excited. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Instead of I'm coming excited. up with a fake show about it. Anyway, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I love Alfredo. Like, that is probably one of my favorite sauces yeah. when it comes to noodles and all that good stuff and all those carbs coming into my body it has to be alfredo sauce so have to go with that bad boy now people you guys have been rocking with us 
and making ATL Day Ones your first listen today, how about you make your second listen Locked On Sports today? Go there. They got all the national news. They're talking about the Super Bowl and everything, all the matchups, all the brothers going against each other on the podcast and on the field. So, yeah, go check out Locked On Sports today. You can find it wherever you find, download this podcast. Now, uh, you know what, guys? I got to do this each and every day. If you don't do anything else, make sure you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.